The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King, Cameron Colley and Alec Doughty. everyone and welcome to another episode of the boys of tech this one is episode 142 for the week beginning monday the 14th of november 2011 your hosts today there are two of us i'm edwin herman i'd also like to welcome along alec doughty from drinkle.com welcome along al good morning good morning to you as well let's get straight into the show because i really want to talk about adobe's announcement on you tell our listeners what what adobe have said flash is dead flash is well (laughs) almost almost yeah 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 so they've announced that they are no longer developing flash for mobile devices and this this is huge like one 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 point in apple's column Finally, Adobe have actually realized that, yeah, we're, we're gaining no traction, even, even though it's on Android and it's on BlackBerry and a few other mobile platforms. It was just gaining no traction. It was just really, really buggy. Do you think Steve Jobs had this foresight or was it just a lucky guess? I think it's one part luck, one part foresight and one part belligerent bully. On Apple's part, right. refusing to, yeah. So, because that was the other thing I was going to ask you, what, what you thought about that, whether the iOS platform are refusing to allow Flash, whether that had anything to do with its uh, demise, or at least you know, for the mo- on the mobile side. I would call it a direct consequence. Do you think so? Absolutely. Because iOS doesn't have an insignificant market share, but it's certainly not the dominant player. On mobile, particularly on tablet, it is. Yeah, but that's a relatively it's, new landscape. It's a new yeah, but Flash is not available on Windows Phone. Flash is only sort of sketchily working on Android. Same with Rim. When you say sketchily, isn't it? It's poor performance, or is it buggy? Yeah, or yeah, it's really really slow, slow and buggy. sluggish. Yeah, which is interesting because those are the words that Steve Jobs used when he was talking about Flash on the. Oh, in his 1,700-word diatribe about it. <laughs> yeah, you could call it that. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised when I saw the story. I, In fact, mm. I wasn't quite sure. I'm not sure, even now, I'm not sure quite how to work out the story. Where You know, sort of what the whys and the whats and the hows and the who was and the who wasn't. I think there's elements within Adobe that, that are re- realizing that HTML5 is the future. And the sooner that they jump, the the more likely they'll be able to uh, recover from Flash's demise. If they were forced to do this in a couple of years' time, then it would hurt them a lot more than changing course themselves. Now, we should stress, though, that this is only the end of the mobile version of Flash. Yeah, that's right. Um what also should be noted is that even though development has ceased, like all of the platforms that currently have Flash, 
will still have those flash applications that are currently available for them. So we're not going to see a dip in the number of actual flash-based websites anytime soon. No, you're right, because those mobile devices currently with with flash on them are are going to remain with flash on them, right? Exactly. Yeah, but I think it's over time, isn't it, we're talking? So over the next few years, you know, three to five years, I guess, we, in theory, should see see a drop, at least in the the, uh, subset of sites that are geared towards mobile. Mm. I mean, interestingly enough, there's rumor that Microsoft are actually um, killing Silverlight after the next version. Only rumor, unconfirmed from an official Microsoft source, but yeah. Well, I heard that's, a similar that's rumor. the inside scoop. Well, I heard that very same rumor, in fact, about, I don't know, six or nine months ago? Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's one of those watch the space stories. Exactly. But certainly a big announcement there from Adobe uh, regarding Flash. Massive. Now, now, Peter Cochran's blog on silicon.com had an interesting entry uh, the other day that I spotted, and it's, it's, it's about trying to boost a wireless signal. Right, so he he was on a ship, I believe, and uh, he was at a distance away from from the base station. So his wireless signal was very poor. I think he was only getting one bar. So he came up with this ingenious way of increasing the signal. It was a baking tray. Ah, uh, this is crazy. He awesome, used, but crazy. It's awesome. I know. He's so he's he's sitting there and he's got this baking tray which he he he, you know, he found on the ship, and yeah. he's. He's positioned it in the right way, I guess, to reflect the signal in the right way. Uh, yeah, and now he's getting three bars. So he's basically using it almost as a concave dish to reflect the signal back towards the laptop. Yeah. <laughs> I spotted the story and I thought, what? This, this can't be for real. But yeah, no, it is. Yeah. So there you go. If, if you're ever stuck with, you know, with only one bar or, uh, hey, here's another one. If you're using an iPhone 4, you've got the antenna problem. Just carry around a, a baking tray with you. It really works. But you've got to have it in the right position. I bet he calculated all that too. You know, sine theta over cosine theta, etc. all that. Quite possibly. How would he have worked it out? Do you think it was uh, just happenstance that a baking tray was just sitting next to his computer propped up? Well, no. According to the story, he went round sifting around to to find something that, and he thought that, that hunting would, around, yeah, and he thought that that would uh, would do the job. So he's kind of when you're in one of those situations, you do get resourceful. You know, you kind of think, I I really really want to do this. What can I do? And and he he did get resourceful, and he thought, let's give it a go. He, I don't know if he believed that it would ever work, but it certainly does in the end. And and he blogged about it, just like MacGyver. That's it is, isn't it? It's a MacGyverism. Yep. It is, yeah. Yeah. Total lo-fi. Love it, love it. Now, Al, you drew my attention to a story about, I think, Steam being hacked, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Before the weekend, on, on Thursday or Friday last week, Steam, the Steam forums, so Valve is the company and, and they have a, a service called Steam, which is basically online delivery of games. So you don't have to go to the store and, and buy games, you just download them at home. It's a great service, but their forum got hacked and 
after some investigation, it actually turned out that the hackers had gotten deeper than than just the the code and the database relating to the forum. They'd gotten to actual customer information, so usernames and and encrypted passwords and encrypted credit card information. So I think it's important to note that the credit card info and the passwords were all salted and encrypted. So more than likely the bad guys aren't able to use this. But if you do have a Steam account, and I am one of them myself, be aware of this and check your credit card statements for the next month or two. Is there any indication that the information was successfully decrypted at all? No, none. Right, but it, so it, this it, is just a precautionary measure on on Valve's behalf, and I think that's very sound advice. Really, yeah, uh, yeah. take no chances. So keep a very close eye on your credit card statements, and also change your password, I guess, on your Steam account. Would that? Yeah, that would be wise. I think. Right. Do we know who was behind this at all? No, not as yet. So no, nothing's been said about that. No. Okay. Now the Sydney Morning Herald had a, a rather embarrassing glitch. The front page went back to 9th of February 2009. What about that? This is, I think, more than just a little glitch. Just a little bit. So we're talking about the Sydney Morning Herald, so ecmh.com.au, and it's like in a time warp. So for regular readers, they tune into their news and they're reading all this old stuff. Mm. And they're not entirely sure what happened, but one theory is that there was a fail-safe program set up in the production system which was decommissioned some time ago, you know, back in 2009. And it may have been triggered alive, if you like, by a journalist trying to update an older story in that particular system. I don't know. It seems really weird to me. I don't know how... It does. Yeah. How does that work? I reckon someone's, I don't know, put the wrong DNS entry or something like that. Or changed the date on the server. (laughs) Yeah, that could be. (laughs) <laughs> that could be that simple. Yeah, yeah the, or the, the BIOS battery ran out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it started flashing red. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's an embarrassing glitch. But uh, they fixed it up pretty quick, smart. You didn't spot the error, did you, yourself? Are you a Sydney Morning Herald reader yourself? No, I'm not. I'm not. No. no. What do you read online in terms of Australian news sites? I really don't. But you must get your, your news from, from somewhere. Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. Yeah? But what, what about things like, uh, I don't know, what's happening in politics? Julia Gillard being rolled by, what's his name? Um, so honestly, I don't pay attention to that sort of stuff all that much. I do around election time, but just day to day, no, I've got better things to do with my time. Well, fair enough. And speaking of election time, it is almost election time here in New Zealand and on the topic of New Zealand. Now, this is kind of a double segue. On the topic of New Zealand, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to cover a story about iPhone 4S pricing right after this. So if you want to find out the pricing that was just announced a few days ago for the iPhone 4S here in New Zealand, don't go away. All right, so on to that pricing announcement from Vodafone. Drumroll. Drumroll, please. That's the one. (laughs) It's actually a little bit more than just a price announcement. It's also the fact that we also have Telecom and Vodafone in the game. Now, for the Kiwis out there, uh, you'll know that previously, or up until, in fact, even now, right now, you can only 
get the iPhone from Vodafone. It will work on the telecom network, but you can't get it from, from telecom. Uh, well, the iPhone 4S will be available from both network operators well, when it's released. So the pricing, let's cover it. Vodafone's $85 a month plan will give you 300 minutes of calling, 2,500 texts, and 250 megs of data. 250 megs of data isn't all that much for $85 a month. Yeah, I'm just thinking that's a little steep. It's a little yeah, steep. Yeah, almost like a prison shower. It, <laughs> just that, that uncomfortable. Have you been in a prison shower? No, I just imagine it. Oh, okay. <laughs> just checking. Uh, yeah, now, having said that, though, the plan does mean that you only have to fork out $149 for the 16 gig iPhone. Upfront, is that? Uh, that? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. That's the uh, the cost of the phone, if you like. Mm-hmm. Rather than, I think the retail is something like eleven hundred dollars. I think. Or if you want the thirty-two gig version, then it'll cost you three hundred dollars. And also, there's a sixty-four gig model. That's the other thing as well. That's four hundred and fifty dollars. So it does give you a good discount. But like you say, if you're really into the data, it's I don't know that that will will do it mm-hmm. for you. Now, Telecom are also doing a, a similar plan. It's eighty dollars a month, so five dollars cheaper than Vodafone's. It'll give you 200 minutes of calling. Uh, by the way, Vodafone, in case you've forgotten, was 300. 300 texts, which is a lot less than Vodafone. That was 2,500. But the good news here is that it'll give you a gig of data. I think the important thing here is is that with the new iPhone 4S and the new iMessage service, all of your iOS to iOS messaging can actually happen through iMessage now. So you don't need all of those texts because it happens through data rather than through your your text plan when you're texting from iOS device to iOS device. Yeah, and that's where I think, as much as I don't like telecom, that's where I think telecom have the better plan. Because let's just recap, they've got similar pricing. Telecom give you not quite as many minutes, a whole lot less texting, but then a whole heap more data. And I, I think that's where perhaps Telecom have actually, I think, got the better plan there. I think that's a more attractive plan for most yeah. people. But that's still 10 texts a day, which is still pretty high volume. Unless I you're think. a teenager. Unless you're a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. But yeah, but no, you're right. That's still, still reason- it's reasonable. Yeah. 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 I look. I would be recommending Telecom's deal here for most people, especially if you're into the data thing. And you know, let, and right. let's face it. Like you said, iOS to iOS texting is now over data, and you end up using more and more data. It's just the way things you are do. going. Yeah, yeah. two hundred and fifty megabytes would disappear in a couple of days. Yeah, can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's comparing and contrasting both offerings there from Telecom and Vodafone. And that L concludes episode one hundred and forty-two of New Zealand's longest-running tech podcast. Yay! Yay! Another successful one. A bit of a Ooh. short one, but it was a quiet week. This, and the it week was. just gone. Yeah, It was. All right, Al, look, thank you very much for co-hosting the show with me this week. No problem. And hopefully we'll talk to you again next week. Hopefully. And to all our listeners out there, I hope to have you back again next week as well, listening to New Zealand's longest-running tech podcast. Till then, goodbye, everyone. See you, guys.